Hello, and welcome to the Career Builders Podcast. I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Blaine. Today, we are talking with author Kayvon Keon about his book, which just released called What is Water? Kayvon is an entrepreneur, teacher, and senior advisor with McKinsey & Company in Amsterdam. He's the founder of the Young Leaders Forum and has given guest lectures at Harvard Business School, HEC, Sciences Po, and other schools. Ever since childhood, he has been interested in understanding how some people are able to thrive through challenging times in life, and he hopes that by sharing these hard-fought lessons with each other, we can make this world a better place. He holds an MBA from INSEAD and a degree in both economics and law from the Erasmus University Rotterdam. Kayvon is the author of the number one Amazon best-selling book, What is Water? How Young Leaders Can Thrive in an Uncertain World. Kayvon, welcome to the Career Builders Podcast. Thank you, Mike, Lisa. It's a great honor to be here. It's great to have you. Yes. Where are you joining us from today? Today from uh, Amsterdam, across the ocean. Excellent. Small stones throw across the pond. So cool. So it seems like you have a lot going on your plate right now uh, between writing, being a consultant, teaching. Can you share a bit of information around how you've arrived at this point in your career? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I've, I've always loved to uh, create things that uh, others could enjoy and uh, benefit from. And uh, it started uh, many years ago when I was studying as a, uh, an IT startup, which I launched um, also a band I tried to uh, set up, uh, working as a consultant, launching the Young Leaders Forum, uh, creating a class, writing a book. And uh, some things worked out, many didn't, but uh, all that uh, has brought me here today. Super Amazing. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Beyond the tagline of your book, How Young Leaders Can Thrive in an Uncertain World, what is this book really about? To say it uh, briefly, I would say it's about understanding all the things that are always within your control that can help you, especially today when the world uh, feels out of control. And uh, the more you practice these things in good times or when it's relatively easier in life, uh, I uh, hope that will be easier to apply them also, especially in difficult ones. Sure sounds relevant right now, doesn't it, Lisa? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I've also noticed uh, um, a strong interest, uh, not only uh, by my, for myself, but uh, my clients and people I work with, uh, these topics uh, many years ago would uh, seem as a luxury, something nice to also read and consider and uh, think about. But these days, uh, it seems uh, much more of a necessity. It's uh, difficult to do things without them. That's really interesting that you say that. That reminds me really quickly of an episode we did on meditation not that long ago. And our guest, mm -hmm. Jordan Candlish, said something very similar, whereas um, a lot of folks saw meditation as something that they could do if they found the time and now it's become more of a basic need in some ways. So that's really cool. Kind of a neat tie. And what made you want to write a book for young people? So I would say that eventually life will teach you many of the lessons that are in the book one way or the other. And uh, life has the inevitable ups and downs. But uh, the question I try to answer is, uh, is there maybe a chance to learn all those lessons, not the hard way uh, through those ups and downs, but uh, in a slightly easier way, packaged uh, neatly uh, in book with exercises uh, and all of that. And um, 
personally, many of the lessons in this book, uh, as early as I felt I learned them, I wish I had learned them even earlier. So young leaders, I think, are having many challenges uh, these days, and uh, hopefully this can help. What are some of the unique challenges that today's young people are facing, and how do you find that they're being impacted? So if a young leader is just looking out uh, of the window uh, these days, uh, are growing up in a world that uh, feels uh, volatile, uncertain, complex, ambiguous, or what we would call uh, VUCA, and you could argue, of course, that life always had these elements uh, in it. But uh, at the same time, uh, it goes without saying that uh, sometimes are definitely more VUCA than others. Just compare 2020 with uh, the years before. And uh, more things are getting interrelated with each other. Uh, just see how a pandemic spread uh, all across uh, the world the way that it did. The rate of change is changing. So uh, with technology, you can, it's even for young leaders, it's difficult to keep up with the latest and the, the newest. Uh, mm -hmm. The uncertainty from your work, I think, Mike, Lisa, you know, when it comes to careers and the ambiguity where you have a lot of facts, but it's still difficult to make a conclusion. And all of these things combined, uh, it's uh, just uh, very overwhelming uh, for many at times. Yeah, absolutely. How do you find this showing up in young people? Like what are some of the symptoms or um, ways that they're showing up basically? Yeah, that's a good point because already uh, years back, I noticed uh, it seemed that young leaders were uh, even in the most extreme case having more burnouts at, uh, at work. Uh, now you could say we're registering things differently than uh, in the past, but uh, you would anecdotally see that, hey, the pressures are going up. You would uh, uh, see young leaders uh, quitting their roles. They might think, uh, well, this is not for me. And uh, someone else might go uh, at it uh, and let's give them a chance. Mm -hmm. And from my experience, learning that by just acknowledging that this context is not easy, that often already feels as a relief. It's not uh, about uh, a young leader being weak. It, it is actually tough. And given this context, how can we at least make the best out of it? That's so important. And I feel like it's a great point because a lot of, you know, people talk a lot about millennials and sort of give it a bit of a stigma. And so mm -hmm. I can see how that would further add to some of the stresses and impacts that these young people are facing. Mm -hmm. It is really interesting, the timing of your book certainly coming out just late uh, or early 2021, late 2020 at a time where obviously we're, we're not sure when the pandemic is going to end. And I'm wondering if this is sort of going to end up being um, sort of a generation shaping kind of event for the folks who are growing up today. Do you get that sense that this is going to have a pretty long lasting effect on young people? Definitely. And even uh, people who years ago would say, well, you know, things are challenging, but uh, not more than it used to be. It's definitely a wake up call of uh, the way we've organized things, the way we take decisions, the way that we actually um, think about what it means to be a young leader. These conversations are things that are naturally happening now. You're forced to think about them and it's not a side project uh, anymore or something you do on the side. Hmm. Cool. There are a number of influences that have kind of helped shape this book. One of them, it looks like, is David Foster Wallace. 
what made him such an influential part of either your life or your creative process as you wrote the book? Thanks for asking. Uh, for me personally, I felt uh, I, I learned a lot through his writings. Uh, uh, unfortunately, never got the chance to uh, meet him. But uh, what I felt was there was a sense of uh, his writings were very disarming. Uh, they would uh, describe reality from his point of view in almost uh, excruciating detail and leaving the choice of what you do with that very much up to the reader to form your own judgment. Mm. So the elements of being non-judgmental, of uh, accepting reality, not only the nice th things and the nice parts, but also the difficult, the boring, the challenging, the mundane, but then at always uh, giving the reader the choice to make something out of it, whatever you want it, creating options, what you could do, not what you should do. Those were elements that uh, resonated very much with me. And I hope the reader would also uh, feel while reading the book. Sounds empowering. That's for sure. <laughs> that's, uh, that, that's the intention. Good. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, as Mike mentioned, there are a lot of influences in the book that you mentioned, including Amelia Earhart, who's my, one of my personal favorites. Um, at what point did you start seeking inspiration in your own life and what prompted it for you? Now, as a child, I, I was always fascinated, uh, probably like uh, many others, with uh, fairy tales, uh, fictional stories, heroes, uh, and, and all of that. But uh, I also quickly found out that uh, as much as I was interested in those stories, I was way more interested in real life stories, stories of uh, real people with their own real imperfections, nobody's perfect, uh, in the real world, and nevertheless, uh, finding ways to cope with that. So I would uh, read biographies. Uh, instead of watching an action movie, I was more interested to read about the life of Bruce Lee, his real life, uh, not the movies that he created. And I felt that uh, there was always uh, the, something, you know, I, I could learn from them. And by applying that when I had my own startup or working as a, a consultant or even uh, when writing a book, I felt that uh, all of them, uh, without even having met them in person, uh, somehow were able to help me. And in the book, it's also very much about look around you, look at real people who are going through the same Buka context as you. And what can you learn from those that inspire you? And let's find solutions there. Love that. Yeah, it definitely seems as though we have, it's a reminder that we have so much more in common than different. It's kind of a really unifying idea that you've brought into the table with the VUCA world being such a big part of life for young people. Mm -hmm. When you look at sort of the name of the book, what is water? Water is, is kind of a metaphor for context. And can you talk about why understanding context is so important for people who might be struggling in a VUCA world? So the awareness that you get from understanding the context that you're in uh, automatically brings a choice. And uh, that choice brings a sense of empowerment. The opposite would be to just leave things up to chance, completely unaware of uh, what's going on. And if you're a young leader, you're not a leader in a uh, sterile laboratory or in a vacuum. Uh, you're a leader today 
uh, as we speak, 2021, with all its challenges and difficulties and trade-offs and uh, you name it. And uh, the metaphor of water and awareness is not only for the context and being aware of that, but also being aware of yourself, being aware of who you are, uh, what are your strengths, what drives you, what gives you a sense of meaning, how do you protect uh, uh, that positivity, how do you uh, connect uh, uh, with others, and also awareness of the people around you. Now, the assumption of the book is that everyone who reads it is bright and creative and intelligent uh, enough. Uh, the awareness that hopefully these exercises bring just give you a little bit more choice in any situation to hopefully feel empowered no matter what circumstances come your way there are always things within your control and feel free to use any of these tools in your toolbox just for anyone who hasn't had the chance to read the book yet um, when we're talking about water and context it's sort of like the waters that you're swimming in is that right very much yeah it's uh, an old story um which was also popularized further by uh, David Foster Wallace about fish not knowing what water is. It's about birds not knowing what uh, air is. You're so immersed in it that uh, you're unaware of it. And the same you could say for many young leaders who might not be very aware of their strengths, even though it's part of who you are, but you're so immersed in it. It's so natural uh, for you to uh, have them that uh, it's difficult to notice them and describe them and uh, consciously apply them. Great, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, super, super empowering. Like I was saying earlier, it sounds like, I mean, it is a really interesting book for anyone who is just sort of like, as it's positioned for people who are struggling right now. When I opened the book to its table of contents, I saw what kind of hit me as, as a bunch of juxtapositions. So like the, the first three, Chapters are titled Awareness and Choice, Positive and Negative, Strengths and Weakness. And when you were kind of structuring the book, where did these sort of um, these combinations of, of nouns and adjectives, how did they all come into the fold for you as you were kind of crafting the book's overall message? <laughs> it's nice that you uh, noticed that. Uh, Maybe I hyperanalyzed <laughs> that one a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> It's something that uh, took took me a while until all of a sudden it became much more clear that uh, uh, these chapter names uh, need to go together. The other ones uh, are you and others, or why and how, start and finish. It's about uh, realizing that these are two sides of the same coin. And um, it's also understanding that uh, they go together somehow, some way, they imply each other. Uh, you cannot uh, have one without the other. And it's also about, we talked about being non-judgmental. Sometimes people say, well, I would like to have strengths without the weaknesses. I'd like to have the positive without the negative. Um, well, first of all, good luck if you're able to uh, do that. At the same time, it's also realizing that uh, even negative emotions have their own benefits. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to gloss over that. They might uh, give you motivation uh, to change a situation. They might clarify your values and so forth. So the book is not only uh, looking at things one-sided, but it's also looking, hey, what's on the other side of that same coin? And what can we learn and use uh, over there? Yeah, I mean, it, it sort of aligns with um, what you were talking about at the beginning in terms of 
accepting whatever crazy world we're living in, both the positive and the negative and being able to not judge it, but to move forward with it. So it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and also for young leaders to realize that things are not that binary. You can be mm -hmm. idealistic, you can uh, have your positive intentions. At the same time, what does it mean to go for that, all of that in the real world? Uh, and keep that realism or understand how things work in practice. So it's not uh, or, or, as we say, or, but it's and, and. And hopefully all of that gives you much more choice, less surprises, less frustrations, and uh, more chance to actually make a positive difference the way that you want to. There was a, I had a mentor that once told me that the more challenges you anticipate, like the harder you anticipate things to be, the better that you're able to handle them. So that really aligns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are some of the lesser known benefits of learning how to thrive at an early age? Or what are some of the longer term benefits as well? So in the short term, I would say, and it's, it's, it's a bit selfish, right? That if you can learn these things quickly at a young age, uh, you can apply them, as we said, also during more difficult times uh, when they come by. You can, of course, uh, be much more comfortable taking risks. You can feel much more comfortable stepping outside of your comfort zone, mm -hmm. initiating things, much more entrepreneurial. You, it, in general, you would be more comfortable with uh, expanding your own world. Now, you ask about the, the longer-term benefits is... You might notice that the sooner and the more you practice these skills and these ways of thinking for yourself, the more natural they will feel, the more automatically they would come up, the better you're equipped to help and lead others who uh, would need someone like you to be there for them. And over time, you might notice that uh, without maybe much extra effort, it comes very natural to you. How can you be there for people during a pandemic or during uh, an economic downturn or when somebody at work or at your team or at your family hears bad news? Because you've gone through all of that and you've thought it through for yourself, it's much easier to really help others and just uh, no matter your age, uh, be a young leader <laughs> at heart. Uh, for people who care and uh, need uh, that from you. That's amazing. And a lot of what you mentioned too made me think of um, just mental health in general. There's a lot, it sounds like there's a lot of mental health benefits mm -hmm. from doing this type of work at an early age. Yeah, I think uh, I, there's no downside in uh, thinking a, lo a lot about this. What I did notice was that when I started personally reading and applying, you know, many texts, ancient texts from philosophy and others, often clients of mine, people I work with uh, would say, you know, Kayvon, I don't have time or the interest or the energy to spend a whole weekend reading all these thick uh, old books. Could you just tell me in five minutes, you know, practically this week, is there something I could do differently or think about? So uh, in the book, I've tried to make it as accessible as possible, synthesize it uh, as much as possible, make it as practical as possible. And all of the theory, the lessons have been uh, filtered through time. 
through the Young Leaders Forum, as we talked about, from North America all the way to Europe, Australia, and other places around the world. And ideas that didn't really make it, well, didn't uh, end up in the book, uh, but the commonalities that uh, were almost universal definitely made it. Super cool. I remember going through uh, the initial introduction section of the book briefly, and, and I remember the sentence that you wrote that said that there are zero new ideas in this book. And so it's <laughs> from what you just said, it's about taking what has been tested by time and experience and presenting it in a way that is really empowering. Quite frankly, I'm super excited to help spread the book's message. Um, and in the book itself, there are, as you said earlier on, a number of self-reflection exercises. What are some of the, maybe you've touched on this already, but what are some of the transformations that you're hoping people go through or what are some of the things that you hope that they pull out of those experiences? The most important one would be to go from a sense of overwhelm to a sense of empowerment. That's it. And anything that contributes to that, I would say is good. That made it to the book. Uh, and anything that distracts from that, uh, not even gets in the way, but even distracts, uh, I try to filter out. So that uh, with each chapter, with each paragraph, with each sentence, someone feels that I feel more in control uh, of my life. I feel more in control about what are the things I can do for myself and the people around me. And uh, hopefully all contributes to just that. Hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, there's no, there's no <laughs> wasted text in this book. That's for sure. It's a great, very efficient read. And I love how you've put it all together. If a reader could take only kind of one thing away from this book, what would it be ideally for you? That at any given moment of time, there's an infinite amount of things that are out of your control. At the same time, there are always things within control. And how aware are you of uh, these things that are in control so that you can decide where you want to invest your heart, your energy, your time in. And uh, that's it. Just becoming better at distinguishing this, not only in an abstract conceptual level, but in a very practical, it's a Tuesday afternoon in a meeting and things are not going well. What's within your control and how can you help yourself and others? Fantastic. This sounds like it's also relevant for a lot of adults as as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just the young folk. Thinking well, about it uh, in my own life, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> could use that right now. No. Yeah. <laughs> I've noticed that adults are uh, more interested when they think it's for someone else, and then they say, oh, maybe something on this is also irrelevant for me. I even received feedback from people who uh, are even uh, retired and say, well, I wish I had learned some of these things earlier on, but nevertheless, I can see how I can use it today. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> so young at heart, that's the definition. <laughs> Love it. Okay. So we have some questions that we ask to all of our guests. And mm -hmm. so the first question is um, because we, we like to take our career seriously, but we also like to make sure that we're not taking our lives too seriously. So what's the most fun that you've had in your career so far? <laughs> so these are often moments, I guess, from 
almost over celebrating uh, a symbolic step. So a few years ago, together with a, a friend, we launched a, a cookbook, a bit of a spontaneous uh, idea for Halloween. And we launched it in the middle of the night and we just kept looking and looking and looking on, online until we found that we made our very first sale and uh, made a very big deal out of that uh, with uh, a nice uh, uh, celebration. And it turned out to be, I believe, for a chef in Japan, something like that. And looking back, I, almost, I forgot a bit how it all turned out and what the eventual sales were or anything around that. But uh, the real fun comes from, you know, from zero to one and over celebrating that when the book came out or when uh, the first people signed up for the Young Leaders Forum or many of those other moments. <laughs> Amazing. That sounds yeah. so fun. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and it's important uh, uh, to, uh, to not forget those moments. And interestingly enough, those are the most memorable ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be cranking up my own zero to one celebrations in 2021. <laughs> that's for sure. After hearing that, I appreciate that. I'll gladly join those celebrations. <laughs> Please. The more the merrier. So another question we like to ask is around risk. And you mentioned this earlier around, you know, if you're more um, comfortable with VUCA, then you're, you're potentially going to be taking some more risks and risks are not a bad thing. And that's what we're really trying to get across with this question. But what would you say is the biggest risk that you've taken in your career and how did it turn out? So the whole idea of uh, creating content and books and ideas and all of those things for young leaders felt at that moment as a big risk. Looking back, uh, it worked out in many ways, but the uh, it's good to not forget, at least for myself, that uh, before I did that, many people would say, well, this combination of words of young and leaders, I don't know if that goes well together. Would young people even be interested in thinking a lot about uh, these things? And eventually, I felt that uh, the only person who could take this risk uh, or was willing to take this risk uh, was my, me, myself. So that meant uh, investing my own finances, time, energy, things on the side. And um, yeah, taking a leap of faith. But in the end, I felt that uh, somehow, you know, these are things that I'm interested in. There must be at least one other person in the world and who knows more. And uh, that uh, turned out the way that it did. But it's good for myself to remind myself at that moment, it wasn't obvious at all. Very true. And we're really happy you took that risk. Yeah. <laughs> what would you say is the best piece of career advice you've ever received? Hmm. So many advices uh, I have received. So picking one wouldn't be easy. One thing that uh, did stick, and I heard that many uh, years ago from uh, a colleague who was leaving uh, our company, was to look back uh, from the future. And I was always, uh, as a kid, I loved the, the Back to the Future series and, uh, and all of that. So this was an exercise that felt very uh, natural and easy. But there was the realization that uh, eventually everyone is going to leave the company or the role uh, that uh, they're in. Uh, today will pass one way or the other. Uh, 2020 passed one way or the other. And 
in the moment, there are so many things that uh, are, you know, uh, asking for your attention that uh, uh, you don't know what to do with, but it's a good filter thinking, okay, 10 years from now, uh, in 2030, looking back at uh, this year, what do I want to remember? How do I want to make a difference? How do I want to be there for someone else? And in translating that to a career, it means that uh, is there an opportunity that is now coming up that uh, I maybe don't feel very comfortable right now, but uh, looking back from the future, I would definitely regret not having taken uh, advantage of or doing this work that I'm doing today. Uh, how can I maybe make it more memorable? So looking back from the future has definitely been a very helpful compass for myself. That is fascinating. I love it. We get great <laughs> answers. Everyone who comes on our show gives us different answers to these questions that we ask. And that's one I'm going to remember for a really, really long time. So thank you for sharing that. Kayvon, where can people find out more about you and your book and anything else that they should know about you? So uh, definitely they can find me here in Amsterdam uh, these days, practically uh, on social media, of course. Uh, LinkedIn might be the easiest uh, if somebody wants to connect or send a message. And uh, in a few months, probably, I'll be able to uh, launch a website, kayvonkeon.com. And uh, over there, there will also be a lot of uh, ways to connect and uh, read more about not only the book, but also articles, extra uh, ideas and uh, lessons uh, over time. Is there a way for people to learn more about the Young Leaders Forum? That will also be on the website. <laughs> cool. Great. Yeah. Nice. Good work in progress for early 2021. It has been a real pleasure getting a chance to know you and your work and your thoughts. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, and I can see that you have a really kind of just effortless passion for helping people, which uh, is what we're always looking for on this show. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, uh, Mike and Lisa, and uh, your passion also uh, shows uh, from uh, across the ocean. And uh, I wish you also uh, much good luck with uh, the rest of uh, what's uh, waiting for us this year. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. So we'll call it a week at that for the Career Builders podcast. I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Plain. Kayvon Keon, check him out. He's got a great book out. What is water? We'll let you answer the rest from there. Bye for now. Hey again, Lisa here. And if you're considering a career change or if you're in the midst of one, I just wanted to tell you a little bit about one of my side projects called Golden Path Learning. Golden Path Learning is a set of online courses designed to make your career change easier. Our courses include career discovery, personal branding, job search strategy, and interview mastery, and provide hours of online content to help you find and land the job that you want. If you're interested in learning more, head to goldenpathlearning.com or send us an email at hello at goldenpathlearning.com. We'll look forward to connecting with you. See you next week.